When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. <laughs> What's happening, Rush Nation? It's Monday night. Murph's waved me on as if I'm late for my stage appearance. We are back, and it's almost not nighttime. I can just see the end of the sunrise ahead of me, saying that has let my visuals disappear. So I'll stop mentioning the sun. It's definitely nighttime. Big man, we're talking some fantasy football today. How the devil are you, sir? I'm good. It's good to be back talking fantasy football. It's time to start to review 2020 um, and take what we can to to move forward. But yes, all all good. We're moving towards free agency, which is a great time of year. Then the draft, we've got loads of stuff going on now. This is like a busy time in the NFL. So it's one more dead week to go. So we thought we'll, 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 we'll shoehorn this episode in now. And then after free agency, we'll do the other, uh, the other couple for running backs and wide receivers. So I'm excited for this. This is going to be, it's one of my favorite episodes to do. And this provides some basis for the book and uh, a few other things that we do. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I enjoyed it last year when you bought this sort of spreadsheet that Rush Nation you will see coming very soon if you are watching on the YouTube. If you're not, go back and watch on YouTube or Twitter or wherever it is available or just listen to us on your podcast and then buy the book for this information if you want a deeper dive into it. I think that's pretty much what we're saying, right? 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so this is like the snapshot ahead of time. Of It's like a sneak preview into the book. So if you, uh, if you bought it last year, you'll recognize the graphs because they're the same colors and the same layout, and there's not much different. I've added one new column, and that's pretty much it. Um, but everything else remains the same, just with new information. So it's just a case of um, framing, looking at the 2020 season, what is there to take away from it? And then how do we move forward to 2021 by position group? So, um, and you're going to ask me some questions. I'm going to dive into it based on what you think is interesting. I've got a few little facts and tidbits and we're going to do hopefully QBs and tight ends today. Yeah, we will definitely do QBs. Uh, you know how Murph and I go. We, we tend mm. to go around around the houses and end up maybe half the topic away from where we should be at the end of the line. But hey, quarterbacks will definitely be done today and hopefully tight ends too. We would, before we dive into the QB consistency and analysis, I suppose, we would absolutely love if you could give us some reviews wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is you listen, a review would really help us reach more people because ultimately that's what we're here for. We're here for communication amongst the community and the more people we reach, the more people we can chat to. So we would massively appreciate that. And then the Ricky Williams jersey competition is still running Rush Nation. We're asking for a £2 donation to our chosen charity, which is unique. It's a pinned tweet on our Twitter. And don't do gift aid as it is a competition. But yeah, that's it. It's it's that simple, right? Yeah, it really is that simple. So just once we reach a certain uh, number, I think it's 30 we agreed, then we would, or even 20. I can't remember what we agreed, but um, we will we will um, give that jersey away or do a live draw on Twitter or something and we'll give it away. So, um, yeah, two pounds for chance. And, you, you know, you're going to have uh, a, a, a better than 3% chance at the minimum or three and a half percent chance of, of winning the jersey. So, and you give money to charity and it's two quid. It's not a lot of money. Appreciate money is tight. Um, so, you know, just enter it and I can't wait to give the jersey away. Absolutely. So, we have finished our Devi drafts. I, I don't actually remember when ours finished, but mine is definitely finished now. Uh, I presume yours is because you were ahead of us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm not in the rookie or Devi draft after that. So um, I, I took just veteran players um, because the pricing in the pricing for rookie and Devi picks was too rich for my blood. So I just went with vetch vets so i have a straight vet draft with no uh no rookie picks and i traded my rookie picks next year to move up boards to get great value nice talking of rich rich i have a bit of beef with you after uh i was counting devi and rookie picks in ours and then you started telling people how many were left so you you stole the value from people who perhaps weren't interested then the last time you put up how many were available they started going like hotcakes so i you know keep that information to yourself commish come on well, it, it isn't the pinned tweets. I've been messaging the chat. What, that keeps getting updated? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you, if you don't update it and people have to keep their own list, then... No, it does might... get updated. He updates it. That's what I'm saying. Don't do it, Rich. Let people oh. miss out. Um, no, I just... I, I was at the other end and I thought I'd better grab a couple here and then Rich put a message out and I think the next eight picks were all rookie and Debbie and then there was not that's, a lot there. That's dreamy. That's exactly what you want. I mean, my team is built for now. I'm if i don't win this coming season i'm hugely hugely disappointed because i've built it it's stacked it's absolutely stacked but hey we're not here to talk about our teams it was odd doing a draft at this time of the year i was i was opposed to it not gonna lie because free agency hasn't happened we don't know where the rookie the rookie draft hasn't happened yet 
But yeah, the free agency business irked me somewhat, but it's fine. And I did my usual super flex trick of letting all the quarterbacks go before the last two were available, and then I had to take them. So Drew Locke and Daniel Jones, I'm riding you, or or not, perhaps if you if you don't have a job. Um, right, let's talk quarterbacks and quarterbacks consistency. Murph, top twenty four, right? Yeah, so we're going to dig into the top twenty four. Uh, outside of that, this is not really one that interesting or, or overly relevant because the guys down there injuries or uh, potentially not starters this year or just there's not really a lot to get out of um you know we can look at people like burrow and it's just like okay fine but burrow is injured for half the season it was his rookie year we know he's going to get better not overly concerned at digging into burrow's profile right now we kind of know what he is and we kind of know where he's going to go this year uh he's going to be available for you as a late round option and if you want to invest, you you can, and he probably isn't a terrible investment. So instead, we're going to focus on the top 24 performers from last year. Um, and there's one or two we probably don't need to go into too much detail, but the rest we we absolutely can. Um, I guess, you know, you'll you'll have questions. The, the data should be on the, the screen. Um, so we're going to go through this, and you'll be able to go through. And and I have some themes and, and big sort of grand takeaways um from this that we should take um so yeah why don't we get into it and we can go through and sort of deep dive the the qbs um from 2020 performance a grand takeaway that sounds pretty big i mean to (laughs) me a grand takeaway is like a full-on indian or chinese with all the trimmings but i'm looking forward to your takeaways from this because when you threw this at me uh, this afternoon on via email there was some stuff that i picked up initially that i thought really like how where does that come from or why is he there and stuff like that so i I do have a question straight out the gate with the total fantasy points is this four or six point touchdown uh this is a four point touchdown so this is just based off standard uh qb scoring four point touchdown uh one point in you know minus one point inception just what you get is if you were setting up this league so these point totals so i guess to let me let me preframe this so where i've got these point totals these are not just numbers plucked out of the air um (laughs) these are numbers i basically analyzed the entire performance of the season uh for qbs and i took basically the top five um so the average of where fifth place qb would be and then 12th place and then that's where i kind of got these and then uh just basically did some very minor rounding to hundredths of percent um to pull these numbers so as a result what we're saying here is an mvp week is a top five on average week um so that point total would have been good enough on the average medium for a top five. Now I could have gone through every single week and I could have said this person was top five this week, top five that week. But um, the reason I didn't do that is because you could have weeks where um, a QB could get 37 points and be fifth. And you could have a week where QB could score 19 points and be fifth. And they're not the same thing. And so to devalue it in that way is not right because just because a QB finished in the top five with say 17 and a half points, and there was a a random week where QB scoring was very, very low, then that didn't help you win a week. You were just in a pile with everyone else. (laughs) Um, So what this has done is it's taken the median points. So basically if you scored 20, if a QB scored 26 and a half points in a week, Typically, it was a a top five week. Some weeks it wasn't, but most times it it was. And 
if it wasn't, it was going to kill you. Like it was still going to be a week that you were going to be, unless you came across the QB one week and, you know, your QB scored 26 and a half points and another QB scored 48. Like, yeah, okay. Probably didn't help you, but those things are, are so rare. This is just a way of having like a consensus. And then the middle of the road week, so a solid week, 18 to 26 and a half points. Now this is where um, QBs probably didn't kill you. Didn't, didn't cost you a week. Um, they scored fine, didn't really blow it out of the water, but didn't hurt you either. Um, and then you had the bust weeks here, which is where if a QB was scoring under 18 points last week, they weren't finishing in the top 12 scoring on average um, this, you know, this season, which then you have to look at it is, is that person we're playing? Now, again, you can have bust weeks where people QBs didn't kill you. Um, yeah, he could have scored 17.92 points. It's like, eh, did it really hurt you that much? No, but in the grand scheme of things, you're going to want QBs who are scoring at least above 18 points a week on average. So this is why we've highlighted these busts for um, consistency um, and just tracking these numbers. So it kind of gives you an idea on consistency, on how QBs performed week to week. Um, and you can kind of see what was g- good, i.e. green, what was okay, which was sort of yellow. Or it's, it's not quite yellow because yellow looks weird. So I've kind of done it in this sort of orangey, light orange kind of color. Um, and then red is, is obviously <laughs> bad. And, and you know, we see red on the screen. And then as we go down, the more, you know, red we see, the, the worse it is. Um, just to sort of scare everyone there by moving the graph. Um, so, yeah, and that's... <laughs> So that's where we got to, and that's that's kind of what we're looking at here. So we're using this data to analyze about how consistent quarterbacks were, but also just is there anything in here that's telling? So to give you a, a quick reframe, if you didn't listen to the show last year, I reframed, you know, what we analyzed was that Baker Mayfield didn't have any MVP weeks. So he didn't have any good weeks. He just had solid weeks or crap weeks. So he had a very low kind of upside. Um, whereas Daniel Jones actually had four uh, high scoring weeks which made you know people like myself wrongly <laughs> i might add um <laughs> think that he had some potential upside and he was a qb that might be worth targeting because he had these these four games in isolation that were quite good obviously the sample size is, is small on someone like daniel jones but it gave you hope for someone like him and that's why you know people like me did invest in a few leagues in him and it didn't really pan out but ultimately what we're trying to do here is to do the value of quarterbacks and that's really what i'm going to talk about today in this piece you, you just mentioned daniel jones he I won't, and, and I won't spoil where he is but he's not in the bit you can probably see on the screen rush nation no. and and just above him is drew lock so the two guys i just mentioned for my devi superflex league are, are, are holding up the table somewhat shall we say i mean i mean they're on the table that helps you a little bit yeah what i was gonna say is it would be quite good to see how this broke down because this is obviously for one quarterback leagues, right? Yeah. It would be interesting to see where the numbers got to on a super flex league as to what would be considered a bust points wise if you had to start two court or not had to, but if you did start two quarterbacks, so I think. Well, in the two QB league, it would still constitute kind of the same. It's just what you're saying is that because you're starting potentially more quarterbacks, I mean, you can kind of translate this information. I could play with the point totals and move them a little bit, but it's not actually going to change much in terms of the ranks or it's in quarterbacks, but this table is breaking down effectively performance in terms of what you're going to get out of positions. And we can say that the second 
the second QB slot is it doesn't require as many points because you're looking at QBs 13 to 24. But ultimately, at the same point, as we do with running backs and wide receivers, it is still not good to have a QB score um, below this. And it, and then you're getting to the point of if they're busting that often, is it even worth starting them in the super in the in the super flex spot over a stud wide receiver or a stud running back and then that's where your line of demarcation is is going to get to because if they're going to bust at a high frequency then actually you know just because it's a super flex spot does not necessarily mean you have to start two quarterbacks so actually if you do have a quarterback who is busting at a very high rate maybe you and you have four stud wide receivers for example and four stud running backs and you only have a couple of flex spots there could be an advantage to playing a stud player there as opposed to a ropey QB2. So two two things I've learned already from our short conversation about this is if you're playing in a super flex, it is almost, and you're planning on getting two of the good guys, you have to really go after two of the good guys in order to make maximize that super flex spot. And then yep. secondly, Daniel Jones and Drew Locke probably aren't going to fill both of my quarterback slots next year. <laughs> No, I mean, listen, I, I think Daniel Jones had a tough year. And, and the one thing with Daniel Jones, j- just talking very anecdotally about him, his numbers, and we'll get to them, don't don't look great. But he also, you know, had a lot of injuries. He lost Saquon Barkley um, and they didn't have much of a run game at all, which meant that when schemed against, it was much easier to scheme against Daniel Jones because you didn't have a, a threat like Barkley in the backfield and their run game was so poor for the first mm. eight, nine games of the season. In fact, going beyond that, really, it was only in the last few games that they got a run game going. And when you can't establish the run and everyone knows you're going to put the ball in the air, it's very, very easy to cover. Um, and then you've, you've got the likes of the fact that other than Evan Ingram, you know, he, he just didn't really get on the page with Sterling Shepard was in and out. Uh, Golden Tate was in and out, you know, Darius Slayton, all of a sudden you double cover Darius Slayton, you take him out of the game. Who, who has Daniel Jones got to to win games with? Like ultimately no one. And that is kind of what happened. Um, there's a path to where I can see Daniel Jones based on his peripherals where he can redeem himself if given the opportunity. And that's kind of the big question. Drew Lockett's a very, very different set of circumstances. Again, you can kind of argue a similar narrative where he lost Cortland Sutland um you know he had injuries um there was a game that he missed where all the all the quarterbacks missed you know um there was a very inconsistent rhythm going on there the run game wasn't brilliant you know you got a lot again there are a lot of similar factors the the difference is that folks aren't convinced on drew lock at a top level whether daniel jones has the backing of the coaching staff and the backing of the ownership um so really the difference is i think daniel jones gets a chance in 2021 to redeem himself I'm not so sure Drew Lock does. And that's kind of what you're waiting on to see if he does. If he does, then uh, you can make a case that his numbers should go up. But the, the big question mark with him is, does he actually get the chance to, to allow him to come back? Because I think at best he's going to be in a competition. That's his best case outcome right now. Oh, that's fine. As long as he's somewhere available, possibly. I, d- I don't mind that. Right. Let's get to this list. Our boy Josh Allen is number one, totaled 395.56 fantasy points, played all 16 games, come to his average in a minute. He had seven MVP weeks, surprisingly only three solid weeks and then five bust weeks. So MVP 43% of the time, solid 18% and then busted 31% of the time. And he averaged 24.72 fantasy points a game. Now, I don't suppose you know this, Murph, but of his MVP, I, I didn't ask you this in the chat because I've just looked at it and thought, 
this is interesting. Of his MVP weeks, do you know how many points he accrued towards his 395 in those seven weeks? Um, I do have that information not to hand on this sheet without sort of crashing the stream. Yeah, that's um, fine. I just wondered. I mean, it was because it must have been. Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, it, I look to to kind of set the scene here on Josh Allen. What, what we're seeing here is 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 actually very different from what we saw from Josh Allen in 2019. Now, if you bought the book in in 2019, what we saw from Josh Allen was not a lot of bust weeks at all. Um, I think it was just one. I think was his bust rate last season. It wasn't a lot at all. I'm just pulling it up. Um, yeah, no, sorry, he had three. So he had three bus games, but he only had two MVP games last season. So he was remarkably consistent at just being average when he finished sixth overall last season. So he had 10 games where he was solid. Now, what they what this has done is by bringing in someone like Stefan Diggs, this has massively opened up the range of outcomes for him. He didn't really add much more on the ground to what he did in previous years. Um, it was purely through the passing game, more passing touchdowns and more potent offense receiver like Stefan Dix um, and that's why you've seen this transition from those solid games going from 10 in 2019 to just three because he converted so many of those to um, to MVP games now on the flip side of that when you're so pass heavy as Buffalo were last season at times again you're talking here another team that struggled to pound the rock and get the run game established and they put the ball in the air so many times that is going to lead to multiple interceptions it's going to lead to good defenses getting at Josh Allen and that did happen a few times the the major takeaway of this is we have two seasons or three seasons of production now from Josh Allen and all three look remarkably different however the scoring has been relatively good in all three seasons so the confidence is that he has a relatively safe fall because no matter what offense is being run in Buffalo, he's going to get points. Um, whether it's a heavy run offense, whether it's a combination of a pass rush, pass rush offense, or whether it's a heavy pass offense, he is going to get points. He's a relatively safe fantasy asset with that great ability to go through and get you big, big games that were league winning weeks. And in the playoffs week 16, you know, if you started Josh Allen as your quarterback you probably won your league unless you were up against Alvin Kamara or, or Stefan Diggs. But he he was he was a real winner, but you had to take the fact that he probably cost you a week or two. Now, to give you the flip side of what he's giving you, which is game-winning weeks, you would probably take that cost. But what my point is, is that you don't necessarily know what that Bills offense is going to look like next year. Do they establish the run a bit more? And as such, do they take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands as much? I kind of think they do. And get a bit more balance, which will see a slight decrease, but not a huge decrease in his production. I mean, the year before he averaged just under 20 points a game. I, you know, making a prediction, I think he'll be somewhere in between the two. I don't think he's going to be the QB1 next year. And I I would expect him to be somewhere around maybe the 21, 22 points a game mark, barring injury and major catastrophe. Yeah, which uh, on this sheet here would slide him down to... Between, I don't know, seven and ten ish, something like that, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, he's going to be. Listen, I'll get to a major takeaway at the end of this, but he, he is someone that's in an elite tier of quarterbacks. And he's someone that, if on the board and certain quarterbacks have gone off the board, he's very well worth investing in. 
his ADP rough prediction is probably going to be somewhere around round six or seven. And I think a lot of these guys are going to be in that ballpark. I think there's a tier of about four or five guys in that ADP range that you're going to want to get one of them, whether that's Josh Allen, whether that's a few others. But you, for me, looking at the construction of rosters now, cannot walk away without getting one of those guys. Yeah, Josh Allen is a guy you'd be very happy with on your team. I don't think he's someone you should necessarily go out and out target, but I think you should have a group of four or five guys. And as long as you get one of those guys, you're going to be okay at the position. So next up is Aaron Rodgers at two. He scored 382 points, played all 16 games, averaged just under 24 fantasy points. He was the 12th quarterback taken off the board last year. So he was a steal, had five MVP games, nine solid games, and just the zero, uh, one bust game, sorry. Uh, so that pretty much made him 31% of the time an MVP. Over half of his games, he had solid games at 56%, and then just 6% of his games were a bust. And he improved from 11th last year. So we, we all knew about the Aaron Rodgers revenge talk because of the Jordan Love situation. Do we think he regresses somewhat next year or 100%. do we think he he stays roughly top five-ish when they give him more weapons, hopefully, in the draft? What what you're seeing on, on, on the screen now is Aaron Rodgers at his ceiling. This is, this is the best Aaron Rodgers is going to do for you as a fantasy quarterback at this stage of his career. I don't like buying players at their ceiling as a fact. We look at what he did just 12 months ago and, the, you know, people will especially Green Bay and Aaron Jones truth, um, Aaron Rogers truthers will tell me, well, it was the first year of the Matt LaFleur offense and he was getting used to what was going on and yeah, whatever, right? He's the Hall of Fame quarterback. I get it. Last season, he got four MVP games, the games, eight bust games. He busted 53.33% of the time. That's a lot. Between last season and this season from a personnel perspective, he threw to the same receivers. He had the same running backs. He had the same coaches. He had A.J. Dillon was the only thing that really changed and a different tight end because they started targeting Tonyan. You cannot tell me that Robert Tonyan and A.J. Dillon <laughs> were the reason why Aaron Rodgers was so good this year. Ultimately, it's a combination of he played completely out of his skin and played as well as he's probably ever going to play again in the NFL. And a combination of he was hyper-efficient. He was hyper-efficient, mm-hmm. which is great, but very unlikely to be repeated. So I do think, and you know, his average from 12 months ago was 17 and a half points a game. He's putting up nearly 24. That's, I'm not saying he regresses to the mean average of that and goes to around 20 points, but it wouldn't shock me if that was the case. Again, very similar to Josh Allen. What are we going to get out of Aaron Rodgers next year? There's a few more question marks for me with a draft next year. And I think he's going to be fine. But he's not in that group of players I would be aggressively targeting in sort of the the sixth round of, of ADPs. I'd be quite happy to go for a safety net of guys after him. Um, if he falls to the seventh, eighth round, that is a slightly different story. And then I can see the 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 reason to invest in him. But if I'm looking at this core group of six of guys... I'm okay missing out on Aaron Rodgers. Um, so again, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a lot on my rosters next year. That doesn't mean he's going to be a bad player, nor is he someone that you shouldn't be drafting. I just think he is going to be potentially overdraft because of the fact he's MVP mm. and that he will regress to the mean. I don't think you're going to see a statistical season out of Aaron Rodgers like the one we have just seen. 
That, that, that makes sense. So somebody who started this season hot and slowed down after a potential injury that may have knocked his you know, the way he played last year it was Kyler Murray, who is at number three. He was just behind Rodgers with 378. Again, played 16 games because he came into the last week off the bench, averaged 23.67 points. He was the fourth quarterback off the board. He had six MVP weeks, seven solid weeks, and just two bust weeks, which surprised me because I thought he may have had a couple more. No. And, and the one thing about Kyler Murray, what we've seen is, that, as opposed to what we've seen from the last two uh, guys, what you see with Kyler Murray is what you're going to get. He's going to touch the ball a lot. He's going to run. He's going to make plays happen. He's going to do it with his feet as well as he's also going to do it with his arm and he's good enough to sustain both at a good rate the only difference between Kyler Murray rookie year and Kyler Murray sophomore year is he converted two bust games into MVP games he had the same amount of solid games 12 months ago he's converted two he had four bust games he's down to two and he had four uh two MVP games uh sorry four MVP games uh, 12 months ago he has uh, six this year uh, ultimately the the numbers are relatively the same so when you're looking at at Kyler Murray and you look at what you're buying he is someone in that group of sixth sixth round late fifth early sixth round ADP where I'd be very happy to push the button there on Kyler Murray because you're going to get a quarterback with a safe rushing floor. He doesn't bust uh, that often as we're seeing, you know, four bust games in your rookie year is pretty good. The fact that he decreased that further says to me that it wouldn't shock me if he decreases that number again, next time out. Um, Remarkably consistent, decent ADP, uh, range if you can get him in that fifth sixth round I would have no problem pushing the button on Kyler Murray and I'm doing drafts now and I'm getting him on that five six turn and I think that's a fine place to take a quarterback now um, especially if you're going to get a guy like because he's lock and load you can play him 16 games all right you'll have to get a bench replacement in for one game mm. but he's not going to um, it wouldn't shock me if his outcome was to improve on third next year. Next up, Patrick Mahomes in at four, only played 15 games, but he did score 374 points, averaged just under 25 points a game with 24.96, was the second quarterback off the board, and he was pretty much as consistent as they come. He had six MVP weeks, eight solid games, and then just the one bust, which meant he was pretty much playable all but 6% of the time. So, Patrick Mahomes had the highest average points per game of any player uh, in the league last season. Um, so in terms of uh, played significant amount of games, um, I think he did anyway overall, but um, he actually had a better average than Josh Allen. Obviously he sat out in week um, 17 to Chad Henney, and that's why there's a game missing on his record that isn't on others. Um, but the, the key thing here is his ADP. So Patrick Mahomes is going off the board somewhere around. So that's mid second to mid third round. So why, if you're looking and we've seen this both years and last season, he got injured. He was eighth overall. Again, nothing wrong with his production. He averaged 21.54 points. He's remarkably consistent in what he's going to give you, but ultimately he's not going, he's not putting up 30 plus points a game. So taking Kyler Murray over um, taking Patrick Mahomes, three to four rounds later is not a disadvantage to you in the average that is weighing out the taking Patrick Mahomes at ADP 18 to 26. So 
the question is why do people do it because it's a name you get people who just think it's going to work out better one year and he's had a record-breaking season once and they think that they're kind of chasing that number again but for the last two years it's not happened yes okay injury last year this year was nothing to do with injury he had all his studs available all his players were available he's a very good quarterback overall highest points per game average but it's just not enough to warrant not taking someone like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes three, four rounds later. That's why I will never get Mahomes on a redraft roster. It just isn't going to happen for me in a, in a one QB league because I'm not going to go and pay up for him because the value isn't there. It never has been there. It's certainly not there now. So yes, granted, he will probably be the if Mahomes is the QB one next year, am I going to be shocked? Absolutely not. Is he going to create enough value for you to take him four rounds higher than the next replacement? I very much doubt it unless he puts up, he's going to need to put up an average of about 34, 35 points for him to do that. And that would be a record breaking season for an NFL quarterback. And I can't ever see it happening. Okay. So let's move on to a couple of guys now who we have absolutely no idea what's happening. Really. The first is Deshaun Watson. He scored 369.32 fantasy points, played all 16 games, averaged 23.08. He was the sixth quarterback off the board. So actually paid value wise because he finished better than his ADP. He only had four MVP week, but nine solid weeks. And then, as I said, he was pretty much good for the rest of the season. And then he had two bus games. So 56% of his games were solid games. And that was at Houston where, he probably won't be next year. Well, we don't know. So I, I think this, so we'll start with Watson. Watson, as you said, fifth overall, he actually dropped down. He was second overall, like, second overall scoring QB last year. Um, but his actual points per game and total points scored were up. Let's not forget they took away DeAndre Hopkins from him. So he had no stud receiver to throw to and he put up more fantasy points mainly that's because the team was terrible and they, they were just ongoing uh always on attack because they were losing they were they lost a lot of games last season you know they ended up with the three pick i mean they've traded it but that's what they would have got um for the right reasons um the thing that encourages you about the sean watson is that he is pretty much bust proof because he had not a great core of receivers not a great offense really yet he played completely out of his skin and that really retaliated well in terms of the points. Like I said, he scored with a worse cast, yeah. which tells you that you're, you're, you're basically what you're buying with Deshaun Watson is you're buying elite safe productivity, similar to Kyler Murray. So again, you can buy Deshaun Watson in the late fifth, early sixth round, maybe even later than that. I've seen him going late sixth round. Yes. Okay. We don't know where he's going to be. I'm, you know, I, I, can see a path where he remains in Houston. I can see a path where he goes to another team. What we're seeing is you don't need to worry about where he goes because he played with a pretty poor cast 12 months ago, or not even that a few months ago. And yet he is doing better as a result. So Lee, Lee's messaging me saying that um, he, he says, do I see a path to where Watson's going to sit out time? I, I think it's going to get too much. Um, I think it will get resolved before then. I don't think the Texans are going to happen. You know, their stance is they're not going to trade. I still see a path where he gets traded. I still see that path being Miami in my personal gut. 
I do I do think that I don't think he's going to sit out. But that is the only thing you're really risking. If you're participating in drafts late, I don't you know you're going to know that answer. If it's you're drafting now, there might be that slight uncertainty. I wouldn't worry. I don't think Deshaun Watson is that person who is going to just sit out um, and forego his contract. I mean, we're talking about tens of millions of dollars. Um, I just it never really pans out when players do that. I think he will play. So I'm not too worried about Deshaun Watson. And again, I would rather have Deshaun Watson than Aaron Rodgers. And I'd rather have Deshaun Watson than Patrick Mahomes, especially given the prices you're going to have to pay. Russell Wilson, very similar, although we've got a very strange scenario with him about him not being happy in the, the Seahawks. How much of it is smoke and how much of it is, is talk and how much of this is, is destiny for him to really try and move? I don't really know. Um, ultimately, if he goes back... Um, you know, there's this whole let Russ cook and he had phenomenal first half numbers. He had remarkable tail off numbers in the second half. You know, the, you hear talks of the GM, they want to run the ball more. You know, they did this last season. The one thing with Russell Wilson is remarkably consistent. 20.89 points per game last season, uh, 22.49 points per game this season. Even if he regresses back to his 2019 numbers, that was still good enough for a top five, top six finish. Again, you're buying relatively safe, cheap, good. He's going even later. You're getting him in the late sixth, early seventh round. So again, he's at the sort of tail end of these guys that you're getting that are in this elite tier of quarterbacks. I, again, would rather have Russell Wilson than Aaron Rodgers. Um, on token of that, what you're buying is safe productivity. It's, again, it's almost bust proof. So, you know, for me, the three guys in this draft, no matter what, who I would say are absolutely bust proof are Patrick Mahomes. Unfortunately, too high a price. I wouldn't pay it. But Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson are bust proof. I would say Josh Allen isn't quite bust proof week to week, but as an overall commodity is probably bust proof. Um, and I think you can buy him. So I'm looking at these guys that you're getting in the sixth, seventh round. I'm quite happy to take Josh Allen, um, Sean Watson, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray in particular. Again, Kyler Murray's bus proof. I, I, for me, they're the guys I, I will be targeting and probably I will have a lot of those guys on my teams next year because that sixth round price is well worth paying for one of those QBs to get that certainty at the position. And these guys are just getting that production year on year and are doing yeah. a great job. And I think that we now are moving away from this late round quarterback theory of you can just sit there and wait until the 11th round to get a QB. These guys have enough difference makers to where you can pay a sixth round price. And there's a good reason to do it because they are going to contribute five, six points a game more. And that will be the difference between wins and losses uh, come the end of the season. So in at number seven is Ryan Tannehill with 343 points, played 16, averaged 21.4 a game. He was the 21st quarterback off the board, which is ridiculous considering he finished seventh. He had five MVP games, three solid games and seven bust games, which meant 43% of the time he busted for you, but yet finished seventh. Yeah, but just when the good games were good, he he was very good. Again, hyper-efficient in the red zone, um, very efficient red zone offense, very good, safe uh, passer. The bus games he had were when they were predominantly run heavy uh, for the most part. So that was in line with Derrick Henry running for 200 yards a game kind of thing. And it was more of a game manager kind of uh, nurture the ball, don't turn the ball over, let Derrick Henry kind of run over teams. Um 
there was a couple of bad games in there, but that was majority why. Um, there's some changes on the horizon for Tannehill. His offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, is gone. Um, he's now the head coach of the Falcons, so he's going to get a new OC. There's probably going to be a little bit of change there. Tannehill's a very good safety net for me. If you're not going to invest in the guys in the sixth, seventh round, and you're going to have to wait to get a quarterback, you know, Tannehill is someone that's going to be available in the ninth, tenth round. If you're not going to get these sort of elite guys and you're going to go for the next tier down, Tannehill, uh, along with the next quarterback we'll talk about, is kind of in the form of that that next tier that you can invest in and be confident uh, that they're going to put solid numbers together that, you again, you kind of can start them every week and not to worry, but they're not going to win your leagues. Uh, and whether it's the guys like Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, you can win a league with those guys. These guys won't you have to draft very well in the other positions, but they're not going to kill you in the league either. So moving on, it only took eight players, Murph, but we finally found somebody fire the cannons. Tom Brady is in at number eight, Super Bowl champion, 337 points a game, played 16, averaged 21.12 a game, was the 10th quarterback off the board, which I thought was surprisingly high. I thought he would have been slightly after that. Everyone was in for him last year due to the offense he was inheriting. Yeah, I just, I, I just felt that 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 seems surprisingly early to me. He did, however, have four MVP games, five solid games, but busted six times. Yeah, um, and this is going to not shock anyone. He busted um, quite a lot very early on. Um, new offense, no off season, no real time. Uh, he busted uh, three times in the opening six weeks. Um, so that shouldn't shock anyone. Um, and there were games he threw interceptions or multiple interceptions in. Um, I think with Tom Brady again, he's so he for me is with that Ryan Tannehill. He's a good safety net guy. Tom Brady is not going to win you a league as a quarterback. I mean, the fact that he's still playing at his age is, is nothing short of remarkable. Um, the the franchise are not only happy with him, but they're going to extend his contract, it, it looks like, um, and we'll get that in the coming days. So it'll be some extra cat relief to Tampa, but he will be playing past 45, which is just nothing short of ridiculous. <laughs> um, Tom Brady is, is a... Listen, you're going to be able to get Tom Brady in the ninth round if you, again, if you miss on these guys. Tom Brady's going to be fine. He's not going to kill you. Um, he will kill you some weeks, as we've seen with the bus weeks, um, because he will have the sort of week where he'll throw for 220 yards and two touchdowns. That is going to happen because wins over production is more important to Brady at this stage of his career. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anything to prove. He doesn't need to go and have a 500-yard passing game because he's been there. He's done it. He He's there about wins and Ws. So... He doesn't need to worry about money. He doesn't need to worry about his next contract. He's not playing for the same thing that other guys are playing for. In terms of Brady, you're buying a really good safety net in that ninth round, maybe where he's going. and You can win the league, but you're going to have to do similar to Ryan Tannehill. You're going to have to nail the other positions because you are going to be at a very small, slight disadvantage uh, if you don't get those elite guys in the sixth, seventh round. So let's let's move to the next end of the age bracket, as you were. Um, Justin Herbert is in at nine. He scored 332 points, so just five less than Tom Brady. Only played 15 games. Averaged 22.19. Was the 36th quarterback off the board because Tyrod was going to be the starter. Yeah. Uh, he was He was fairly consistent. He had four MVP, five solid, and then five bust games. It was Justin Herbert's first season in the league, right? We, yeah, I mean, we should talk about Lamar as well, because these two were statistically a dead heat. 
um, both Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson finished 0.06 points apart. So effectively, they had the same fantasy season. Um, but Justin Herbert did it in less games because uh, Tyrod um, started, you know, game week one, and it was only week two that Herbert came into the game late and, and took over. Um, so, you know, and Lamar did miss a week for injury. So really, statistically, they had exactly the same season. Um We'll start with Herbert. He's got a new coaching staff, second year. Uh, people have high hopes for Herbert. Um, his rookie season was nothing short of remarkable. The best rookie season any um, rookie quarterback has had. We're talking about the offensive rookie of the year. And rightfully so. I don't know what we're going to get because it's a difference. Again, you're talking about a different coordinator, different head coach, different philosophy. You could see some changes in Herbert. We don't have enough pre-production to see how that's going to pan out so I think there's a little caution in me and Herbert I think he gets overdrafted I think he's probably someone that's going to be available in the seventh round if you missed out on those guys I completely understand and I might even do it myself by Herbert in a few places but I would be diversifying my portfolio I'm not sure if I'm all in on Herbert I, I got him in a lot of dynasty places and I'm very happy that I've got him for the prices that I paid for him um, I'm delighted and I think he's going to be absolutely fine. But do I think he's quite in that elite tier? Some days I think he is and some days I think he is not. I'd like to see a little bit more production. Uh, as for Lamar Jackson, you know, it was a down year. We're talking about the guy who set one of the best fantasy um, quarterback seasons of all time 12 months ago. Um, he dropped almost 100 points, believe it or not. You know, 421 points he put up um, 12 months ago. Last season, 332. So it was a drop of 85 points almost he dropped. Um, and that was really simple. Offenses decided to contain Lamar's running. Well, defenses decided to contain Lamar's running. And guess what? When they made him throw the ball, he wasn't quite as good as... as <laughs> as he could or should have been. Now you can sit there and lament the weapons that he's got. Um, Marquise Hollywood Brown, although he is a first round pick, um, Willie Sneed, you know, he needs some help on the outside. He, what he needs is a perimeter guy. He needs to go up and get him guy. That is what, you know, Justin Herbert has in Keenan Allen. It's what Kyler Murray has in Deshaun, you know, in, in DeAndre Hopkins. It's what Josh Allen has in Stefan Dix. The reason those guys are much higher up is because they have that go up and get them guy. So when you get those 50-50 balls, you've got someone who's going to make those plays. And Lamar Jackson doesn't have that. And until he has that, you will see a rebound in his performance. And I think he's someone that is relatively safe, but I still think he is someone who's going off boards way too early for me. He's going off the boards in the third, fourth round because people are chasing that 421-point season. I don't see that again for Lamar until he gets at least a big, big receiver. They might get one in the draft this year. They might, you know, they might get one in free agency. I don't quite know how they're going to do that, but he needs a weapon. And until he gets one, He's overpriced. He's overpriced in the third or fourth round. Um, give me Josh Allen. Give me Kyler Murray. Give me Deshaun Watson. Give me uh, Russell Wilson. I'm happy with any of those guys. Um, but that's not to say that he is a bust by any stretch of the imagination. Lamar is potentially still an elite player, but he's going to need some help to get back to where he was in 2019. Yeah. So we move to number 11, and that's Kirk Cousins. 306 fantasy points so quite a drop off from Lamar at 10 yeah he played he, he played all 16 he only averaged 19.14 a game he was the 22nd quarterback off the board so if you waited late and picked up Cousins you didn't 
you didn't necessarily kill yourself, but where you did kill yourself is the fact that he didn't have a single MVP game, had nine solid games, six bust games. So if you played Kirk Cousins every week, I don't imagine you were happy come the end of the season. No, he, Kirk Cousins is the perfect Superflex quarterback. That is what he is. He's not a guy you want to start in your main spot, but he's more than good enough to play in that Superflex spot. He is like Mr. Superflex. That is where <laughs> Kirk Cousins excels. Um, Captain Superflex. You know, he was 13th last season. He's 11th this season. He just is going to be in that range. He's going to be the fringe QB1 QB who's not going to shoot the lights out. He's not going to put up massive weeks for you, but he puts up a lot of very decent weeks and you'll score just fine. Um, he ultimately is someone who's not going to kill you in leagues. But as you say, he's not going to put up those weeks to where, you know, you're going to have to win in every other position. And if you're one of those that goes very late on QB to the point where you're going to let the first 10 guys get off the board and maybe even Matty Ice off the board too, Kirk Cousins is your line of demarcation. He is the kind of guy that streaming. And he is that last line for me of players who I'm going I'm either streaming or I'm starting Kirk Cousins. And I'm probably still thinking about streaming. But he's good enough to where you don't need to. But he's not going to, on his own, win you fantasy championships. No. And I mean, from the data in front of us, it's very obvious that from Kirk Cousins, that line is is blatantly apparent from what you can see colour-wise. It's, there isn't much nice after this point, really, considering for starting quarterback in the one quarterback league. And... Um, a large drop-off after Kirk Cousins was Matty Ice with 280 points, played all 16 again, only averaged 17.53 points. He was the eighth quarterback, so you lost out on value if you took him as the eighth quarterback off the board. Had three MVP, three solid, but nine bust weeks. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that was due to just how bad the coaching was. Um, that didn't help them. He's a better player than that. I don't think he's as a fantasy asset. I think he's passed his best as a fan of that MVP season we saw a few years ago. Um, looking back at 12 months ago, he only played 14 games. He averaged 19 points per game. So again, we're looking at someone remarkably consistent, 17 and a half, 19 points a game. He probably goes in that Kirk Cousins, probably even slightly better. He probably has slightly more upside, as you can see with the MVP weeks. Um, he has a better receiving cast. It's a better offense. Um, Matty Ice is someone who I'd probably take over Kirk Cousins, but probably over no one else above him. Um the big question is how long does Matty Ice have left? Is he still going to be a Falcon? They're in massive cap trouble. Do they get rid? Do they put him up for another year? Does he improve Arthur, under Arthur Smith? He very well could do. Um, again, he's in this range of safety net. You'll do okay getting him, but uh, he's not going to go off the board at QB8 again. Uh, you know, he probably realistically is going to cut off the board at QB12. It's, and and that's fine. And again, I think you're, you're drawing this line of demarcation between Cousins and Matt Ryan, and that that's kind of it. I, I think once you go outside these guys, you really are in streaming territory. And again, Matt, you nice, know, perfectly good QB2 for your um, Superflex leagues. Um, I've got him as like QB3 in a couple. I'm more than happy with that. Like, that's kind of what you want. Yeah. After, after Matt Ryan, sort of possibly the next guy, the, the gap just keeps... It's an exponential growth at this point, and it falls away really quickly. So in 13th, we've got Derek Carr. He scored 272 points, played 16, averaged 17 a week, was the 27th quarterback off the board, maybe because there was some controversy with Marcus Mariota, and we weren't entirely sure exactly who was, was. was going to be the, the, the starter. Only had one MVP week, though, 
but had seven of both the good and bust weeks. So, yeah. He, uh, and I oh. guess we, we should talk about him in the similar vein to we talk about the next person in Ben Roethlisberger, very similar profile, so that there's two of them both at the same time. Um, the only difference is Ben Roethlisberger played one less game, um, which for some reason I haven't charted where he ended up. Uh, or Derek Carr missing a game from his profile. Um, I'll double check that when I go through. Um, Derek Carr. So I know I've done, I've not put his week 17 in. Um, so I'll look at where it is. It's slightly wrong. I'll update that, especially before it goes to print. Um, in terms <laughs> of Derek Carr and where we are with him, um, really simple. You know what you're getting with him. The question is, is he going to be the long-term answer in Oakland? Probably not. Does he have the full faith and confidence of the coaching staff based on the noises coming out? He does this season, and I think he's, again, perfectly adequate. We're now sort of any of these guys down here, we're reaching the line of people that we're not comfortable drafting as starters. These are guys that you're going to draft as your backup QB um, if you're drafting a backup QB. And Derek Carr is fine, not sexy, but he'll do a job and he'll get it done. Um, Same with Big Ben. This is arguably Big Ben's last year in Pittsburgh. He's losing Juju, we looks like. He's got a pretty good core of receivers there. They need to establish the run more to help him more. But that arm is not what it used to be as a cannon. And he has definitely dropped off. His average depth of target is much lower than it ever used to be. And he's coming off statistically a pretty average year that's only going really one way. Um, he also just took a $5 million pay cut, which tells you all you need to know about you know where he sees himself in the short term, which is with the Steelers and then probably retiring. Uh, So really, I think where you're at now is these guys are, they're bench guys. You don't really want to be relying on um, Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger, because again, you're, you're conceding give or take a hundred points to these elite QBs. Which is a lot. And that, that is going to be very difficult to overcome at the end of the season. A hundred points is a lot in one position. So you don't, wrong side of that and then you're looking at someone like big ben who is older injury prone has had injuries yes he played 15 games last season but is he realistically going to continue that streak i don't know um so we're now talking about we can whittle through the rest of these pretty quickly um the rest of these guys are guys that you wouldn't want to have you're at this stage of the draft i'm punting someone like trevor lawrence yeah I guess those guys, uh, or Joe Burrow again, Joe Burrow, we haven't talked about. No. And then we've, we've also got the people who are coming in, right? So the, the, the Trey Lance, I would say Trey Lance first, because he's the first name, but Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, they could all realistically be starters next year and they're not on this list. So at some point we have to throw slides in that aren't even here. Somebody who's next on the list, Matt Stafford at 15 scored two sixty, did play all 16 games even though of his injury worries. Only 16.2 fantasy points a game, but was missing Kenny Golladay, as we mentioned last week, for pretty much all of the season. Had zero MVP weeks, six good weeks, and then nine bust weeks, but is no longer in Detroit. Is the quarterback in the in, in Los Angeles for the Rams? So where do you see Stafford being on this list next year come, come the end of the year? If he if he's QB fifteen, it holds absolutely no surprise to me. Jared Goff hasn't, you know, Jared. Where was Jared Goff twelve months ago? He was QB fifteen. But do you think Matt Stafford in a vacuum is a better quarterback than Jared Goff? Yeah, he's a better he's a better QB than Jared Goff. So is. do do you think that fifteen is? 
the Los Angeles Rams area for quarterbacks, or do you yeah. think that Matthew yeah, I, I do because they run the ball. They run the ball well. They run the ball. They're very efficient passing, uh, running offense, and their QB. Listen, in order for the Rams to be successful, Matt Stafford cannot throw the ball more than five hundred times. If they're throwing the ball 600 times, 650 times, two things are going to happen. One, they're going to lose a lot of games. Two, Matt Stafford's going to get injured. I'm not convinced Matt Stafford can throw the ball 600 times and be fit. Um, you know, back, shoulders, all the numerous injuries that he's had at this stage of his career. That's no knock on Matt Stafford. He's had a fine career as a professional. But you're not bringing in Matt Stafford to throw the ball 600 times. And that that is where... The result, he's going to lose volume base guys like Ben, who will probably throw the ball close to 600 times. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. That's it's fair. just numbers. It's, we're not looking at their play. None of these guys are bad quarterbacks. You know, we make a joke about statistically, there's 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, they're the 32 best players in the world at their position. None of these players are bad. It's just a case of based on the systems of where they play, these are not guys I want to be having on my teams. Um, as starters in particular, as bench guys, maybe I'm the vein of Stafford. There's no upside to Stafford. There's no upside to him. So I would rather stream and get the upside from the stream than I would from playing Matt Stafford. Yeah, and that's, that's perfectly fine. In, in at 17 is Baker Mayfield, who scored 248 points, played all six. Oh no, I've missed Cam Newton at 16, although he's irrelevant because he shouldn't be in this list. Um, I mean, he could, New- he could end up back at, at New England, but you know, yeah. we all know where we are with Cam Newton. Cam Newton is effectively a running threat quarterback who has an arm that is, is surgically repaired more times than I've had hot dinners. And <laughs> as a result, he is a declining asset in the NFL. Um, he said, is he good enough to start? He he might be, I don't know. He's not a player that you really want on a lot of rosters. Um, not bad as a backup if he's going to be the next kind of guy, late end throw, but I don't think anyone's drafting Cam Newton this year. Um, the same way, I don't think a lot of people are going to draft any of the guys left on the list. I mean, we can kind of rattle through them. Baker Mayfield is someone who, as we talked about last season, there's no upside to Baker Mayfield. They're a run first team. Um, he has some good points about him and he's not a bad quarterback. For me, he's kind of that line of the, he's the new Dalton line for me in the NFL. He's perfectly fine. He's not going to cost you a Super Bowl berth or playoff run, but he's not going to get you there on his own. And his fantasy numbers just rank as perfectly average. And he has been remarkably consistent in being perfectly average last season, uh, 15 games, uh, 227 was his output this season, 16 games, uh, 248. So he slightly improved his average from 15.14 to 15.51. 15 points a game. That's what he is. He's a 15-point-a-game quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is not going to have a job next year. Jared Goff could see some upside. Um, It'd be interesting to see what you get. If he, for me, of all these guys, is the only one I'm – him and Wentz are the only two I'm interested in at this stage because yeah I was gonna Goff Goff will start with Goff, Goff. Wentz. yeah Goff Goff is on obviously going to a different team they do pass the ball they do slamming the rock Matt Stafford has put up reasonably good numbers it'd be interesting to see if they let Goff go and see what we get because I'm not convinced we've seen everything in Goff he certainly hasn't been the quarterback that was number one overall um, and I'm thinking that's more the system than the player yeah so. I'm not actively drafting Jared Goff, but if Jared Goff rebounded into a top 12 QB next year, 
I also wouldn't be shocked. No. I think he could be one of those guys that could be a late round pickup. You stash on your bench and he could have some really good weeks. Um, Philip Rivers is retiring. It'd be interesting. It would be interesting. Sorry, with Jared Goff. I mean, we he needs Kenny Golladay fit. That's an absolute must to have somebody of that stature on the outside. Marvin Jones, is he going to be in Detroit next no, he's season? Gone. Probably he's not. There's that. Nah. Other than that, I mean, Danny I mean, they'll tag, they'll tag, even st- No, he's gone. They'll tag Golladay because they can't lose all their receivers, and he the tag is pretty cheap for receivers this year. Um, so they'll tag Golladay. I'm pretty sure of that. Jones is gone. Amendola's gone. Um, they've got uh, Cephas, I think. Has Cephas, yeah. He's not bad. <laughs> you know, he came up with some big plays down the stretch. Um, yeah. They'll go receiver in the draft. Um, they might even try and get hook one off free agency as well. Um, they've got an offensive coach now instead of a defensive head coach, although we don't know what we're going to get out of Dan Campbell, really, because he's never been a coordinator at any level of the game. It does... I mean, do we? DeAndre Swift is probably going to be the running back there now as oh, yeah, well, 100%. which helps Jared Goff. So, yeah, I think Jared Goff could surprise a few next season, but I'm not saying he's going to win you any leagues. You mentioned Phil Rivers is gone. Drew Brees, is he gone? Probably. Even if he's not gone, he doesn't play 16 games. And, you know, Even what we've seen now, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> he, he should not be drafted in any fantasy league next year. I drafted him. I just drafted him in the Devi, but that was well, a, yeah, but that's a different. You're desperate need, <laughs> yeah. I mean, fine. So let's talk about Wentz. We, you know, Wentz is someone who we both liked coming into this season. We thought he could put a good season. Um, he obviously had a terrible year, and it's not all down to play. It was a lot of going on behind the scenes. He goes behind a better offensive line now. Wentz is someone who will rebound from the numbers that we're looking at on the screen here. He will climb upwards and he will you know we're looking at his points per game 16.53 that probably steers him towards 15 16th in this list the one thing i would say about wentz is i think those numbers will only go up um he again is someone i'll be targeting as a as a super flex ad i think his his best range of outcome is somewhere like 10 10 to 12 is his ceiling as a as a fantasy quarterback i think realistically you're looking in that kirk cousins um, Matt Ryan kind of so yeah Carson, I could start Carson him Wentz becomes the new line that, that line in the sand that you dare not cross as a starter yeah, I mean he's on the fringes of that line he's either just below it or on that line for me which is fair he's not someone I'm actively targeting in leagues um, I, because he's not even on a, a really expensive deal for the Colts and they could very easily move on after a year or two so it'd be interesting he's playing for his job and we could see a nice rebound but I don't see the path to him being an elite fantasy quarterback moving forward. Well, Rush Nation, if you have been diligent, you'll notice that I mentioned Drew Locke and Daniel Jones at the start of the show. And I said that I wasn't going to tell you where they are, but we have now done 22 players. So we're doing the top 24, which means Drew Locke is at 23 and Daniel Jones is at 24, actually propping up the table. They were pretty much exactly the same. Drew Locke played 13 games compared to Daniel Jones's 14 they both scored 181 to 180 fantasy points. Daniel Jones didn't have an MVP week. Drew Locke managed to get one. They both had two solid weeks. And then Drew Locke busted nine times. Daniel Jones busted 11. We've talked about Daniel Jones's issues with basically everything. He could regress higher up, right? And then Drew Locke, let's say Drew Locke is the starter next year. Do you think he can improve on 23rd? No. 
Oh, well. no, I, 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 I think if anything, he goes down. Um, I've seen enough of Drew Lock now to know what we're getting. I'm looking at the guys on the list that he's lower than, who you can see get instant wins over. Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, if they retire, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton. So there's four guys. He's going to jump up four slots. Right, here are the guys that are going to jump him automatically, just off either injuries or coming back, or uh, are now starts in the NFL. Jordan Love is going to outperform Drew Lock. No. Yeah, How and ambiguous. You? I mean, How we're not you even say that. Jordan Love, first of all, is a better rushing uh, prospect. Um, do you mean Jordan think... Love or do you mean Jalen Hurts? Sorry, Jalen Hurts is who okay. I mean. Sorry, now, now I'm on board. Sorry, I was going to say, Jordan Love is not a starting quarterback. No, sorry, Jalen Hurts. I, I do apologize. Jalen Hurts right. is going to be above Drew Locke. I think yes. that's not really a wild take here. I don't think anyone is going to sit here and shoot me for that. Jordan Love, now I get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, agreed. If he's the starting quarterback for the Jags, and I mean, he's going to be the starting quarterback for the for the Jags, right? So that, that's a done deal. Um, so I, Trevor Lawrence is going to be Justin Fields. Depends where he starts. Pretty, pretty sure if he starts, he's going to be above Drew Drew Lock. And then so now you're looking at just just automatically. First of all, I think Daniel Jones is going to finish above Drew Lock um, because <laughs> I think he's just got more things going for him, especially if Barkley can stay healthy. Um, Joe Burrow. You haven't mentioned Joe Burrow. I haven't even mentioned Joe Burrow. That's someone who can go uh, above him right now. Uh, I'm just looking to see if I've missed anyone really obvious who was injured last year. I don't think so. Um, Jimmy G, if he plays 16 games, will will finish above Drew Locke. Um, these are all guys who... Jameis Winston, if he plays over um, Drew Brees, is going to finish higher than Drew Locke. I mean, now now we're talking seven or eight guys. You know, for me, Drew Locke is in the bottom five production fantasy yeah. quarterbacks in, in the NFL. He, he, he is where he is on this chart. Because you had the two, uh, sl- oh, two. Uh, that's another one we haven't even talked about. <laughs> I mean, like, how many more guys do we want to spit out? Stop, I mean, listen. The only, I mean, the You're only reason the only reason Drew Lock is twenty third is Daniel Jones had an absolute mare. Tua and Fitzpatrick timeshared. Jimmy G got injured and then therefore didn't play the requisite amount of games to appear on this chart um, because he didn't score enough points. Jag situation. So again, we're going to replace them. Like it's just it seems like, he, it, it seems to me like Drew Lock. Is rapidly becoming the worst quarterback in the league from this chat, and that stings a little. Um, I, listen, I don't think he's the worst. It's just if you're going to play him, good luck. I mean, yeah. Listen, as I said at the top of the show, it wouldn't shock me if they move on from him. Okay, but at the same token of it, what I will say is that he has nowhere to go but up. <laughs> Um, so if he yeah. if he did manage to put it together when he played, I mean, yeah, okay, maybe he could fall. Um, but <laughs> realistically, you know, we're looking at his numbers; it's less than fourteen points per game. That's pretty poor um, for for a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, for a fantasy perspective, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying from a maths stats perspective, that is pretty poor, um, and that is not going to get you very high on boards. He doesn't listen. He doesn't rush a lot. He doesn't do a lot of his feet. His movement in the pocket is pretty bad. If he gets caught the Sutton, he will probably go up slightly. But I, I can, like I said, we can name half a dozen guys who are going to jump over him immediately. So you don't, you don't have to cotton wrap it, Murph. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying it's, it, it hurts a little bit. Just your, your Devi team, you're, you're better off seeing if you know he is someone oh, that you don't want in your team. No, um, look, listen, I'm not talking about my Devi team now. I'm talking about my Denver Broncos team. Uh, I, well, I, I think, I think you move on. I think you get, you get a guy. So, and I think that will be what you what you want to do. Um, 
Right, because I know we're, we're pressing time now. People have been very patient. I just want to s- put a couple of thoughts that I've written down here that I want well, to share. Gonna, I was going to ask you for your takeaways, Murph. So. Yeah, well, that worked out well. Um, so, first of all, clear line of elite quarterback talent. I'd say there's eight quarterbacks that you can quote-unquote class as elite. Um, I would package um, Rogers out of that, and I would package potentially Herbert until we see what happens out of that which leaves you sort of six guys. Um, and then really, I think you have to walk away from that draft. And we haven't even mentioned Dak, by the way. Dak is another one I'd be putting in there. Oh, God. So again, we're looking at, for me, the, the guys who I think are absolutely elite in this sort of elite tier of players that you want to be getting away from a draft from. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, and... Lamar Jackson. And the only reason I'm not putting Mahomes there is Mahomes is going to go way above. So if you're one of those people who are going to take Mahomes in the third round, second round, then you know that's you. But that's not going to be what the majority of people listening to this are going to be doing. So there's this elite group of six guys, and I think you have to walk away from a draft with one of those um, mm. guys. I think you just have to. I think you have to walk away from either you know Dak, Josh, uh, Kyler Murray, uh, Sean Watson, Russell Wilson. And Lamar Jackson. I think you have to walk away from a draft with one of those guys. And if Lamar goes too high, I think you need to let him go and just get one of the other guys. I do, it doesn't matter if you get the last guy in that tier, but you have to get one of those guys. Yeah. I'm wary of, I think Justin Herbert could join that tier. I think he absolutely can. I'm a bit more skeptical and I think there's more risk attached to that, especially with a new, co- a new coach. Aaron Rodgers, I think regresses slightly out of that tier. I think this is, you're buying him at his absolute ceiling. Let others pay the ceiling price. Go get one of the other guys. Yep. That's what I mean by that elite tier. I mean, yes, Patrick Mahomes is in his, is in this tier as well, but just price wise, he's not in it for me because you're going to have to pay too much to get him. Um, and maybe the same might be true of Lamar Jackson. If you miss on those guys, you have to get Aaron Rodgers. You just have to. And if you miss him, then you have to get one of Brady, Tannehill, Matt Ryan. And if you miss them, you have to, with your very (laughs) next pick, no matter what, take Kirk Cousins. But now you're seeing the real line of demarcation falling. Um, And then you've got Jalen Hurts, and people are going to draft Jalen Hurts out of the interest and wherever he lands. Jalen Hurts' range of outcome could be anywhere from 5 to 15 on this board. That's fair. So, you know, they stick to the known commodities of what you're going to get. You can buy and, you know, we're going to call this the mid-round QB approach because that is effectively what it is. Take a QB in the mid-round, take a known commodity who is going to be consistent and is going to be an elite, elite consistent performer. If you can walk away from a draft with Kyler Murray every time in the sixth round, then absolutely do it. You know, if, if Kyler Murray is there for me in the sixth round, that's my auto-pick draft every year. And that means now people are going to snipe me into it. And that's fine because as long as I get one of the other guys, I'm not that fast. But Kyler Murray for me is an automatic sixth round. If he's in there, bang, 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 every single draft. Plug it in now because and you shouldn't go into a draft with like that set plan, but you have to get one of these guys. I think that's just a given now with the game. I'd like to see the championship rosters that didn't have any of those guys on and they would have have to have drafted or played the waiver wire out of the skin to get, mm. to get ahead. Is that your thoughts on the quarterbacks? Or do you have well, the, the other things I was saying, so I, as I've put here, Rodgers is going to regress um, 17.06 points per game last season. You know, we're looking at a bump of nearly seven points per game uh, increase this year. I think that regresses to somewhere maybe in the medium. 
don't go early QB, it doesn't work. So don't take Patrick Mahomes. It's not worth it. You're not going to get the value for that. Mid-round QB is the way to go. The three or the four in here, the three in here that I desperately want more than anything are Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, or Russell Wilson. Uh, and I would throw Josh Allen in there, but there is a little bit more risk baked into him. But in terms of consistency, Murray, Wilson, Watson, obviously those two guys have got some quarterback starting issues, but this is why I think Kyler Murray, like I, I look at all of this and I go, if I can have Kyler Murray in every single draft, I'll take him now. Thanks very much. See you later. Good night. <laughs> we should have ended it right there. Just see you later. Good night. Just bosh. Um, but yeah, that's it. And I hope, I hope this is a useful exercise and please come at me at Murph underscore NFL for any uh, detail. People are going to want this data. It's going to be in the 2021 uh, fantasy football playbook. Yeah. We, uh, and I will correct and add the couple of games that I've missed off here. Good. That makes me happy. We have done what we always do, Murph, and we've run out of time for the tight ends, but we will get to them in due course, no doubt about it, because there's a, some spicy takes, shall we say, for the tight end business coming up. You say so? I don't think so, but what do no, I know? No, I'm not, the, my spicy take was that you don't have a spicy take on it, and it's as flat as a pancake, but hey, one of those things. Listen, I massively enjoyed this. Like last year, I thought it was really informative on the stuff that you brought to the table, so I've enjoyed it, and I've learned a little bit, which is always good because every day is a school day. Yes, it is. Uh, and especially on the day that the kids went back to school as well. And there you go. There's that box finished up nicely. So, yeah, don't forget, Rush Nation, to uh, check out the Ricky Williams jersey competition. It is our pinned tweet. Two pounds an entry. It's all going to charity. It's all for a good cause. And it's a legit good jersey. So, um that's that's about it head over to the website check out all the draft content we've got going on fiveyardrush.co.uk follow us on twitter at fiveyardrush follow murph at murph underscore nfl lee thanks for doing what you're doing back there as always rush nation until next week don't forget keep rushing to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.